0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Ever wonder what happens to the stuff you toss in the recycling bin? For decades, America's recyclable waste has been processed in China. But now, the Asian giant refuses to accept most U.S. recyclables. That sent the recycling
1: industry in the U.S. into free fall. It's no exaggeration to say that this decision by China meant the end of recycling as we know it. Then...
0: Recent research shows that kids who participate in team sports may have greater brain development and lower rates of depression.
1: If it turns out that sports really is preventative of depression, we certainly might want to think about how we make sure that all kids have equal
0: opportunities to participate. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. Infotrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you're like most Americans, you separate recyclables for disposal. But are those items actually recycled or dumped in landfills? The answer may surprise you. Here with the story Infotrack's Roy Mackey. Roy?
2: Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Kate O'Neill, an associate professor in the Department of Environmental Science, Policy, and Management at the University of California, Berkeley. And she's here to discuss the surprising state of recycling in America and what consumers need to know. So, Professor O'Neill, many consumers may not be aware of the changes in the recycling world, particularly as they relate to China. So tell us what's going on.
1: Well, not many people know that until a year ago, most of our recyclables actually went to China. About 50% of what we threw into our recycling containers was bailed up, put on container ships, and shipped off to China where it was destined to be reused in China's booming manufacturing sector. In July of 2017, China announced suddenly that it would no longer be taking this plastic or paper scrap. And that sent the recycling industry in the U.S. and other countries into freefall. It's no exaggeration to say that, as many did, this decision by China meant the end of recycling as we know it. And this decision made at the highest political levels in Beijing has had ramifications for what we as U.S. consumers and residents put out on our street corners or on our curbsides every week.
2: So what was their reason for not wanting our recycling anymore? Was it because they're creating so much of their own waste or was what we send to them deficient in some way?
1: Yeah, it's a combination of things. For one, the things that we started sending them were increasingly contaminated. And by contaminated I mean, both we started sending dirty recyclables that's as basic as a pizza box that has been contaminated with sauce and cheese, or bales of plastics that were just too mixed. Plastics come in different types, and only some are easily recyclable. Those are the ones and twos that we see on the base of bottles and containers. The rest are very hard to recycle. But what would happen is that a lot of authorities and sorting facilities would actually bundle all of these plastics up together and ship them off to China. So we had gotten increasingly careless on this front and China and authorities in China were finding it harder and harder to recycle those plastics and paper and were increasingly starting to reject them at the border. So that was one issue. Another issue that, yes, China is indeed producing an awful lot more plastic scrap in particular and the Beijing government just simply wanted to start using its own in manufacturing. And I would say a third reason is that the Beijing government is increasingly concerned Concerned about its image overseas in particular its image as the world's dumping grounds. So among other things a movie a documentary called Plastic China which was widely seen really influenced the Politburo's decision to clamp down on scrap imports from other parts of the world.
2: So how will all of these changes with China start to impact our lives here in the US?
1: Well they have already in ways that have rippled through the country over the past year and right down to some of the smallest municipal authorities. The effects were most immediately felt on the West Coast. So here in California, Alaska, and Hawaii, immediately trash and recyclables, paper and plastic started building up and holding facilities. But if you look at reports over the year, you can see almost every state has been deeply affected. The companies that collect recyclables have lost a major, a major income stream. So while bales of plastic could be sold for like $300 a ton about two years ago, they are now worth nothing. And in fact, often recycling facilities have to pay to have them taken off their hands or to actually send them to landfill. This has had a knock-on effect back to local authorities who make recycling policy decisions and to consumers. So in many municipalities, what we've seen, particularly from the point of view of consumers, is a rise in prices and a change in what municipalities will accept, what kinds of plastic, what kinds of recyclables. And that's been pretty fundamental for many communities. Other communities, other policy makers have simply stopped or not implemented recycling policies and practices many have stopped picking up certain kinds of recyclables altogether.
2: Our guest on InfoTrack is Kate O'Neill, an associate professor in the Department of Environmental Science, Policy and Management at UC Berkeley. And we're discussing the surprising state of recycling in America and what consumers need to know. Dr. O'Neill, I think many American consumers would find this sort of shocking that after all of these years of being trained to make these recycling decisions on a daily basis, that our country has no means to deal with pretty much any of it. Is there any chance that that may change?
1: Yeah, that is changing already. I mean, we've already always had the ability to deal with the most recyclable plastics, but the problem is we just simply hadn't bothered to develop any further infrastructure Over the past, I don't know, 15 to 20 years, simply because we had China as an out. So there are a lot of efforts starting to build to build up recycling capacity here. And those efforts are really starting to come to fruition really around about now. The recycling industry is starting to get a little bit more optimistic. They're saying glass half full rather than glass half empty. So some of the things we're seeing are an increase in capacity and technology and even employment at materials recovery facilities. These are the facilities that take in the recycling, clean it, bale it, sort it, and send it on. So they're making a big effort to increase the quality of their output and their recyclability. A lot of uh, municipal companies and authorities are engaging in consumer education, telling consumers what they can recycle, how clean it needs to be, both educating and also putting on stickers on containers when they're out on the curb if consumers have gotten the sorting wrong. So there's a lot of different initiatives happening. It's hopeful that more larger recycling facilities can be built over time. That's an interesting question with a lot going on. One is that some Chinese companies have visited the U.S. with the intention of building recycling facilities to export that recycled scrap back to China. There have also been efforts on the paper side to try and reopen closed pulp and paper mills in different parts of the country, and that would be a very positive thing for employment in often impoverished areas if that were to happen. So there really is a lot going on, and it's quite a fascinating landscape seeing how the recycling industry itself at all levels is kind of picking itself up and looking for solutions rather than ending recycling as
2: we know it. In the short term, do you have any guesstimate on how much of our recycling is actually going into a landfill for the moment?
1: the answer right now is almost all of it. It's going to landfill or another part of the world is being incinerated.
2: Wow. Is there any yeah. danger that consumers may just decide, hey, in light of this news, why should I even bother?
1: Yeah, that is actually happening too, which is sad, I think. I've even heard recycling experts say that they are just giving up on recycling and I still think it's a useful practice and it's not to say that just because we've got problems with certain kinds of plastics that nothing else is being recycled. I learned recently that in fact packaging cardboard, corrugated cardboard is actually still being shipped to China because it meets their standards. So that's something that's recyclable. Again plastics ones and twos if they're properly cleaned will be recycled, otherwise They're working hard to rebuild capacity and also to rebuild markets, to build markets for recycled products. That's a tricky one because, on the whole, U.S. consumers have been fairly resistant to certain kinds of recycled paper and plastic. And that's something that is going to have to change if we're going to build our recycling capacity and keep recycling over the longer term.
2: So, Dr. O'Neill, any final words of advice for consumers?
1: I would say... Check out what your local authorities' guidelines are and try to follow them to go back to the pizza box example, which everybody asks about. Some recycling authorities will take them. You need to check. But the best thing, if they're contaminated, is rip off the lid, throw that away, and recycle the rest of it. The other piece of advice I would have is don't engage in what we call wish cycling. Sometimes people think, oh, well, maybe I can recycle it, so I'll throw it into the recycling bin. In fact, that could contaminate the whole load. So for consumers, if they're in doubt, unfortunately, throw it into the landfill bin.
2: Interesting information and certainly very important. Dr. Kate O'Neill, Associate Professor in the Department of Environmental Science, Policy, and Management at UC Berkeley, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey.
0: Next, sports may not only build muscles, but the brain, too. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.